hosts, Shelby and Matt. Shelby, honestly, it's such a shame that this is not a visual art form or we could have had a wonderful opening a la Love, Victor. (laughs) Just such a good opening credits. Just truly stunning um, choices were made in those opening credits alone. I... It felt like so two thousand, like early 2000s to me. And I don't know why exactly I hated them, except that they just didn't fit like with the tone or they didn't make sense. And they were just like patched together on like some sort of iMovie, like at home product, you know, the, maybe the that's song it. Maybe was they, weird. Maybe and... they had to do it from COVID or something. <laughs> I mean, bigger plans. <laughs> Okay, like you couldn't have come up with anything better. Um, the uh, And we're getting like sort of way off track and weirdly ahead of ourselves right here. But I just want to say that it always irks me in a television show opening. We have clips of the mm-hmm. cast members, mm-hmm. but then the names of the cast members don't line up with mm-hmm. the clips. It's like mm-hmm. if you want to give me an opening that's like Lost or Game of Thrones or whatever that right. doesn't have any characters in it. Fine. Put the care. Right. Put the actors' names wherever. But if we are going to get pictures of literally every <laughs> single actor listed in yeah. the opening credits, why is the actor's name not next to the yeah. face, a la a, a sitcom? Like that, it's not that difficult. And yet, for this, they somehow could not manage to do it. Yeah. Here's the other question: Is um, why show clips of? a season you haven't seen yet you know what i mean it's like from the first episode they showed little sneak clips of the upcoming you know show for their opening credits and i'm like i haven't seen them at the museum yet i didn't know they held hands like what is this and i just i just find it frustrating it's like just do an easy i don't even know what like a good example of an inoffensive um uh, credit sequence is but this one was just very offensive to me well like just give us something like modern family you know it's yeah. like five it's like five seconds long it's just <laughs> you know them holding the, those picture frames and that's it yeah I, yeah i think it was just a weird it it just like didn't <laughs> fit because okay so love victor we've talked about this before because it's the spinoff of love simon that was announced last year and was originally intended for um disney plus and then yes. disney plus earlier this year or maybe late last year i think it was I earlier know, this year time but yeah yes, truly who knows in <laughs> 2012 maybe yeah <laughs> They announced it was too mature for Disney Plus and that they'd be moving it to Hulu, which is their, you know, they own it. So no big deal. And there were some complaints that does a homosexual relationship make it too mature? We were kind of salty about it. Turns out High School Musical, the series, the musical, the musical, the series, whatever it's called, does feature gay love. So maybe we rushed to judgment on Disney Plus's part. But anyways, that was the context going into the show for us. And um, I mean, I guess the question I had was, would you have watched this if we weren't so desperate for content? Uh, I mean, it's hard because 
rewind to whenever Love Simon came out, 2018, uh-huh. 20 I think it was before we started the podcast. Yes, because yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we covered it. It was you know like I like a YA movie as much as the next person. I really had no particular desire to see Love Simon, but I wow. went and saw it with a friend because they wanted to go, and I and I'm pretty sure that this was in the boon of Movie Pass. So I was like, sure, you want to go see it, like love a YA movie so I went and saw and I actually really really liked it and thought that it was really fun and well done and like a romance that's tackling serious topics but isn't like just a cancer movie or you know I don't know it was something interesting and I thought it was really sweet and really funny um so when they announced that they were doing this spinoff because it's not like Simon from the original series like pops up once sort of as a cameo but in general this is a completely different story with completely different characters so I was intrigued but not necessarily this was not like must watch for me Um, and and even when and even now in quarantine I watched the first episode and was sort of like nah I probably won't stick with this and then we decided to cover it for this episode of the podcast so then I went back and and finished it but I don't mm-hmm. think that I would have watched it without the quarantine long story short because I don't think yeah. that we would have had an episode on this there would have been a movie <laughs> or something that we would have covered instead yeah no I agree I think it um I think it made sense, right, in my mind, oh, they're making a kid's version, you know, accessible to teens or kids or whatever it is, teen show, and, like, I don't have any business watching a Disney Channel show anymore, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. (laughs) nearing 30, like, those days are behind me, so I don't think I would have picked this up. It's moved to Hulu was interesting, but when they released that like clip of Victor meeting some hot guy in a coffee shop and like, oh, sexual tension, I was like, this doesn't seem like the like the most well made show. It has like that Disney uh-huh. sheen to it and it didn't feel like like a show I would like as an adult. Like, you know, some network drama about girls in New York or something. Like it didn't seem as polished as something even like blackish or whatever's on on tv right now so i sort of like yeah i don't i think it's too a little too kitschy for me to watch like high schoolers fall in love but then i watched never have i ever which is the netflix show um that came out uh, about the indian american and that was like so good and so fun to watch and so i was like well maybe like maybe i was too hard on victor maybe it'll be good um and like you, I did love Love, Simon. I think um, you can't really talk about Love, Victor without talking about Love, Simon, even though, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. Love, Simon's characters don't really feature in this. But yeah, Love, Simon was one of those movies that I instantly loved. I think I might have even seen it a couple of times in theaters because movie pass. <laughs> but I just thought it was so sweet. And like, it was so nice to see just like, yeah gay love that doesn't end in tragedy and it doesn't feature like cruelty it's a very uh, polished (laughs) idea of what teenage love can be and so I really liked it but it was interesting hearing more criticisms of that film and sort of watching that as love victor came up and how it maybe wasn't as well loved as I I found it to be did you did you read the book at all? It was based on the no. book Simon versus the Homo Sapiens. Yeah, I did not because 
I I didn't know about that book until I saw the movie. Yeah, I I didn't either. But I mean, and I think I think the issue with the movie, like if you were saying that, oh, there was more criticism of it, goes back to I think the issue with criticism for a lot of movies and books and television shows where when it comes out, I think people are excited about it. And then there's almost sort of like a backlash to it being so well regarded that then people kind of go back and start like nitpicking a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And they also have more time with it so they can sort of, you know, come up with things that maybe the movie didn't do as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I remember when it came out, like it being fairly universally liked by people as a YA movie about a about a gay couple. And the so the the setup for the for Love Simon the movie is that there's this boy who this high schooler who's in the closet and has sort of like a romance with another gay person at his high school over email and he doesn't know who the other person is and so he's trying to sort of like figure out his own sexuality while he's also trying to figure out who this boy is that he's falling in love with online, like a you've got mail kind of a situation, Um, which I think works really well. Going into Love, Victor, I think that because Love, Simon has this element of like sending emails to someone, (laughs) they felt like they needed to carry that over into the television show. So the way that Love Victor connects to Love Simon is that Victor, instead of writing emails to someone who he's possibly going to fall in love with, is writing emails to Simon, who now lives in New York City as an he's openly DMing gay person. Him. Okay, he's sending yes. DMs okay, on Instagram. Whatever. <laughs> DMs, Instagram, email, whatever. Same thing. Okay. And... It's sending faxes. It's faxing back and forth. At one point, they use a telegram machine. It's great. Um, But so he's asking for advice because Victor is trying to figure out like his own sexuality and should he come out to his friends and his parents and whatever. And so he's emailing with Simon, which for me felt clunky throughout the whole series. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like voiceover of these emails and they just sort of feel unnecessary to the plot and sort of like off in their own space did you feel that yeah I mean I think um I think you have something against voiceover work in films I've noticed I'm not (laughs) sure why or where that comes from but it doesn't bother me as much I do think it's interesting how Simon was so prevalent in this season and I'm curious how they'll get away from that because I don't imagine the actor who plays Simon wants to keep doing voice work for this dumb show well I mean I think it took him a day I mean he basically (laughs) reads a half a paragraph at the beginning of each episode or the end of each episode and then there's one episode that he makes the briefest of encounters in (laughs) and just like insider knowledge the the episode that he's in is an episode where Victor goes to New York City and I know that the actor who plays Simon Nick Robinson is was uh, you know prior to COVID on the Broadway production of To Kill a Mockingbird Cute. so I'm sure that 
it was like, look, he can't do anything for this show. If you guys come to New York and shoot, he can come down for like an hour and do a scene. And that's it. it and that's amazing. what they used in this. It was like, they're all, this is just a fun side note. It doesn't even matter about the plot, but they're all at a bar having fun. And, and Victor's giving some like speech or look to all these new friends he's found. And like most of them are all in a group on the dance floor. And then Simon's just like, you cut to him, like standing alone at a bar, like giving him the nod. And it's just like so obvious he was filming on a different day, a different set, something yes. where he's just like floating in the background. Loved it. Um, But back to the love Simon connection. I think um, it was interesting because one of the criticisms Love, Simon got was just how privileged Simon himself was and how, Mm -hmm. you know, he's this wealthy white kid who had a very supportive family and in the end, very supportive friends. And obviously, like, coming out is unfortunately, like, such a emotional experience for anyone but love simon did get some flack for being like okay like you're you're making this like oh like he opens the movie by saying i'm just like you and like sort of normalizing gay people for homophobic people i think um Mm -hmm. which probably had its place in movies at some point but maybe 2018 was a little too late for that messaging but love victor opens almost in the exact opposite way where victor's writing to simon being like you had it so easy and not all of us do and i think that was a important point for the love simon love victor team because the love simon writers actually wrote the pilot episode and i think they maybe were trying to point out that yeah we understand not everyone has the same experience not everyone has these same privileges so let's look at what a latinx like kid from a conservative religious family like has to go through and how leaning on Simon or asking questions from Simon will help or hurt his journey. And so I can understand why they wanted that like tie in. And I think it worked on an emotional like, like through line for this story. But yeah, eventually it did become like a lot because I was like watching this kid who's 15 at the very beginning. He eventually turned 16 halfway through. And I was imagining being fresh out of high school, like living in New York or however old Simon is and getting these DMs from this yes. crazy kid who won't leave me alone. And like more power to Simon for really opening his heart to him and like replying to him. But man, I would have just blocked him so fast. <laughs> yeah. if some, I mean, I wouldn't have blocked him because I have more of a heart than you do. <laughs> but I definitely would not have like put all of the energy to like invite him to New York and have him meet all my friends. <laughs> it, it's just like a little bit weird. Because <laughs> yeah. um, Simon, you would think is, I mean, I guess I don't know what the timeline is, but that movie came out two years ago. So what, he's in college or something maybe? Yeah, I think he point? said... I think like when Victor's getting the tour of the high school, they're like, oh, a few years ago. And now he's like graduated and off at school in New York or something. Like, so I think okay. the setup is he's fresh out of high school, living in New York, doing whatever with his boyfriend. I think I think have Simon in the initial like in the premiere episode, like have him email with Victor and then just don't bring that up again. <laughs> just you know, sayonara. like good luck. Yeah, well, or just say like, yeah, because you don't need this long chain, or maybe have it come back then in the finale or something. Like I just right. felt like it was a weird crutch. I <laughs> I one thing that I sort of liked about Love Simon was that 
yes, everything felt very ideal and every interaction that he has for the most part about him being gay is someone being very kind and accepting, which I know is not the case in a lot of situations, especially since I think this is set in Atlanta and you have to think, you know, like in Southern, <laughs> yeah. more conservative areas, I think that's trickier. It's not like this was set in San Francisco or something. Um right. So it is a little bit unrealistic, but I liked that Love, Simon, I think, was sort of just saying, hey, there's all of these sweet, cute romance YA movies that are set with straight couples. So why don't we just do that same exact thing, basically, but just have it be a gay couple Um, where this felt a little bit more like PSA for uh, (laughs) like, okay, we've got these talking points that we have to get across. Um, And so they sort of use Simon almost as like a brochure that you would get (laughs) from your guidance counselor. That's like things to know if your family might be unaccepting of you like (laughs) it just it didn't feel as conversational or as um Mm. like authentic it all it sort of felt like he was reading a manual about something only they were dms from simon instead i mean (laughs) so i don't know i that whole part of the story i was just like this is whatever and not great let's i yeah let's move on to the actual yeah i mean it's interesting like knowing you know we're in an era of like blackish and grownish and youngish and like messaging matters which i think is good but it definitely does sometimes sacrifice nuance and so would this show have been better with a little less like on the nose lectures probably um but i think it also uh I'm going to just say, <laughs> I'm not, like, a huge fan of the show. I I didn't, like, love it. I didn't think it was that well done or well written. Uh, the cast was kind of, like, weird to watch because they talked and acted like, you know, 20-year-olds with loud opinions. But then we're expected to think they're all 15 or 16, um, which is how a lot of YA and well, teen shows go now. But Can we talk about that for just a second? <laughs> sure. Um, because I was thinking about this a lot watching it. I was like, there's something that just feels off. The tricky thing is, is that they, in some ways, feel a lot like they're high school students. But then in right. some ways, it feels like they're not. And so there's this weird sort of awkwardness watching it where nothing feels quite real to you because yes. it feels off. And I was trying to think about other shows about high schoolers. And I feel like they sort of work in one of two ways. Either they're like Riverdale, where it's a show for high schoolers (laughs) that you know is going to be watched by high schoolers, but you also know is going to be watched by adults. So everything is sort of skewed up where, yes, they're in high school, but for the most part, they're acting like they are, you know, 20-something-year-olds. They're just in a high school setting because, you know... If it's actual yeah, high school, like it's going to be too boring for adults. Yeah, like Gossip Girl mm-hmm. or One Tree Hill or those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I think that this was trying to make a show that actually is for children. And that's why mm-hmm. it was originally on Disney+. And I think when they're when you're making a show for kids like this, kids want to be more like they want to think of themselves as more adult like so the kids are doing and acting and going to things and dressing <laughs> more adultish than they would actually be in a real high school but at the mm-hmm. same time because it's a show for kids they can't tackle the like subject matter that something like 
a Riverdale or One Tree Hill would because they know <laughs> that, you know, like 13 year olds are going to be watching this. And right. so even with all even though this is a show about sexuality that does wade into discussing sex, it's all mm. sort of at like arm's length in a weird way yeah. that also doesn't feel like actual high schoolers because actual high schoolers are having sex and talking about sex right. in a way that's much more real than anything that this show is doing. Right. Like actual high school is like um, euphoria on HBO. But people, I feel like this is honestly aimed for that tweed Disney Channel audience. And then it yes. forgot to like grow up to Hulu audience. And so, um, yeah, it was just, it was just like a step above like a laugh track Disney Channel original series, you know? Yes. And I think yes. it struggled with figuring out what it wanted to be and for who. Because yeah, there were some really interesting things. I loved I really liked the actor who played Victor, um, Michael Cimino Cimino. And I think he made sense as a teenager. Like he really looked the part, even though he had flawless skin, just like stunning skin. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I was <laughs> just, just like mesmerized smooth. the entire yes. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you also had these characters who were, you know, like just clearly grown adults. And then you also, like you said, they just weren't really like realistic, but they weren't like Boy Meets World, Lizzie McGuire type of yeah. awkward either. And so it was a weird dance trying to figure out what they all stood for and i liked the i liked the family idea of this uh latinx family and all the struggles that come with that culture and religion but everything was handled so like quickly in a way like there's a scene with the grandparents coming and they are homophobic because (laughs) they're old and then they have this speech that's like you guys do things too differently, but then it's all cured when like a kid comes out and is playing some stupid cringe game about. Oh my I don't gosh, know, I hated that thing so much. Uh. <laughs> but then, alternatively, from these sweet little cute moments of family bonding, you have these crazy decisions being made. Where in one episode, Simon and his secret crush Benji, his coworker go on this quote-unquote work trip like literally (laughs) they go on a work trip and end up staying the night like in a hotel alone together and I'm sorry I I I didn't have like a curfew like my parents had kind of given up on a strict factor but there's no way in any alternate universe my parents would ever let that happen I mean, let's talk about this coffee shop that Simon gets a job at the coffee shop where another high school student is like the hiring manager of. And also it's a coffee shop that apparently only three people work at, the two of them and the manager. It's like, well, what, like what, who was there during the day when the school yeah. is? So the, so like the coffee machine, their espresso machine or whatever breaks. And the manager is like the two of you, 16 year olds, drive several hours with this coffee machine to some like repairman who is going to fix it in the back of his shed and then come home. And then Simon sort of, uh, cause he wants to spend the night with Benji Mm -hmm. says, Oh, well the coffee machine's not done yet. So we're going to have to spend the night here. So they stay in a hotel that again, the hotel (laughs) only has one bed in the room that it just, it's a very bougie hotel. Yeah. There was was too many things that just like did not line up. 
<laughs> they could use this coffee shop like after hours. They yeah yeah they could do whatever they wanted there. But it was also a chain because Benji eventually decides to move to another <laughs> coffee yes. shop. So there's multiples of these stores in this town. It was just things like that that I love an unrealistic storyline. I really do. I'm all for it. But it felt weird in this one for some reason because I think it was just trying to balance this. Oh, we're realistic. Oh, we're. I don't know. I just couldn't figure out like the tone, the direction, the the purpose of the story, except that they wanted a diverse love Simon, which. Again, great, cool, but it just struggled with like the the behind the scenes like making of the series. Like I just well, I don't think it landed as well as it could have. Even Love Simon though, I feel like felt older than this. Like the cast yes. of Love Simon felt older and the thing with Love Simon is that because it's a movie and it's really all moving up towards this point where Simon finds out who the other guy is and they kiss on this Ferris wheel that that you really don't have to address like sex at all. Right. But then this, when it's a TV show, okay, well, if somebody starts dating, then they're going to have to have discussions about sex. So it's like the actors are somehow younger looking and younger seeming than love Simon, but talking about like more adult material, but only like in some of the episodes (laughs) In other episodes, that's like just not even and still in a very clinical way like it's like yes oh are you gonna have sex tonight it's like there's no there's no joking there's no like tur like it's just like it's just weird I don't know if I can ever describe how this show didn't land for me but it just like everything felt strangely off like it was written by an AI that was like I will spit out a perfect young adult (laughs) tv show and it just never really clicked But I will say um, there's a bunch of side characters and uh, one of the storylines is about, which I really like this choice. The the main love interest for Victor is, of course, Benji, who he works with. But then he's also kind of pushed towards liking this girl, Mia, who is a black woman and... um, uh, you know, they they start a relationship, and he's like, I actually really do like her. I'm just not like not as attracted to her, and he's really wrestling with this. And I was like, Oh, that's cool, it's cute. But my favorite thing about this whole series is that they cast <laughs> this white chick to be the like sidekick best friend, <laughs> which oh, I thought was great. delightful. And yeah, she did a good job. And it's usually a role left to like POC nerdy people. And it just turned out to be this desperate white girl who wanted to be popular, wanted to be seen as pretty and like desirable and never really got the attention she wanted until <laughs> she gave into her in her I don't know this Victor's nerdy crazy annoying best friend whose name I forgot Felix 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 that's right Felix the nerd and they have this sort of cute Lone love story Stone. that happens <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lone Stone. and so there were little pieces that I was like this would have been like this is cute this is fun these characters are interesting but it just never like coalesced into something that really worked for me well and it's weird because like so that relationship that's progressing throughout the whole 
show um, between Lake and Felix feels exactly like something out of a Disney Channel show. Yeah. Like they are into each other, but they're both kind of weird. They're both quippy. They have like sort of funny outfits. It just like works really well. And then there's a random episode towards the end where like unprompted in any way and unhinted at in any earlier episode, it's revealed that Lake's mother is sort of like foisting and eating disorder on her and is abusive in that way. And that Felix's parents or mom, I can't remember who he lives with is a hoarder and that they're both dealing with sort of these like dark undertones. But then again, those are not addressed after the fact. It's like one episode where they bring those up and then it's not addressed again. And it just makes the tone so weird because those moments feel so out of place in this like Disney channel vibe that's going on. Yeah. I kept wanting to like, like it more because I do like teen shows and I think there are some really interesting ones out there, but this one, I just never believed it. And I think um, none of the characters really like struck home with me. And like even Victor's journey to accepting his gayness felt like it would, it just went through these waves where sometimes he was like more on board. And then other times he was sort of like practicing some self-homophobia which again I get it's a very complicated thing especially when you have religion and like conservative parents involved and like I think the show was dancing around like addressing those more but it seemed like uh, everything could have gone easier than it did but he just kept messing it up <laughs> the parents of uh, victor's parents who are played by Anna ortiz from ugly betty and james martinez who i hadn't seen before but it's like they're both they're portrayed in a positive light in general mm-hmm. you know it's like you we are we want to like them so it's yeah. hard to really have it be like oh well simon's parents are homophobic but then or, or victor's parents are homophobic but also we like victor's parents so right. i feel like they like they themselves don't really ever express much of their homophobia aside from just like a remark here or there and it's mostly victor sort of inferring that this is going to happen another weird thing sort of related to this that i think is a strange choice for this show is that so Victor's obviously in the closet. He's attracted to Benji, but he's dating Mia um, and is sort of attracted to her. Is trying to figure out like what his sexuality is. Um, and so the basically that's the plot of the whole first season. But for that happening, we really get very little of Victor with Benji. Like Benji yeah. is is not really a character other than the fact that he's like hot and he's gay. Like those are really the only two things that we get from him. So, and he has a boyfriend the whole time. So it's, I felt like that when the season ended, it, it felt like it was sort of stopping like right as it was getting going because the first, you know, nine episodes felt like sort of sparse. And also they didn't, like there wasn't a lot of chemistry between the two of them where you could point and say like, Oh yeah. Like you're really rooting for them to get together when they finally did. I was like, Oh, okay. Like this didn't really, yeah, no, there was no sexual chemistry in any of these parents. (laughs) Like watching the kids kiss, like even Lake and Felix, I was just like, this is uncomfortable and I don't like seeing this and it's weird. And then even the parents, like, or Sophia Bush is in it as, like, Mia's dad's love interest. (laughs) 
that made no sense. And like, that is so weird. It was just like they had no chemistry. Like it was just like I don't. Also, think how old was together. Sophia Bush supposed to be? <laughs> because the the dad is. I mean. The dad looks like he's, I don't know, like in his 40s, 50s. Like, how old is Sophia Bush Some in her 30s? At some point, Sophia Bush is making a joke about, or like, Sophie, her and the dad were supposed to go to a Billy Joel concert. And then they come yeah. back and they're like, oh, we didn't go to the Billy Joel concert. And Victor and Mia don't know who Billy Joel is. And it's like, <laughs> but Billy Joel isn't Sophia Bush's like demographic. <laughs> either you know what i mean it's not like they were going to a spice girls concert or something it would be like me being it would be like me being upset with someone my own age for not knowing you know who like i don't you know barry manilow (laughs) is it's like i didn't like sophia bush you did not grow up like on if you know who billy joel is it's because like your parents listen to him not because you listen to him like when was billy joel that popular really stuck with you i don't even remember it that was such a joke. weird <laughs> moment like because they just kept making sophia bush kept making jokes sort of throughout the whole <laughs> series about how old she was and i was yeah. like you're not that old like you're not as old as they're playing right. you to be uh, yeah, she they they were more age appropriate than some pairings. I think she's like thirty eight, and the guy I just looked up was forty five. So like, whatever, fine, we'll allow it. Um, but yeah, no, it was more like just everyone was doing their best, but it seemed like they all had different like goals. And I just, I don't know. The series creators obviously want more seasons. Like I, they've talked about how. Um, they have plans for season two, picking up well, right over season one. Well, they have to do one. a season two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right over season one's ends. And he's also, they were also like, yeah, obviously some complaints about how all gay stories have to be about coming out stories. And like, the good thing about this is we want seasons and seasons and seasons so that it just becomes a story about Victor, which I'm like, that's great. That's cool. I honestly think I'd be more into this show in like three seasons if they figured it out, because I just feel like something must have been going on in the writer's room or with direction or something, because this just didn't like find its voice. And I, I don't think it worked as well as they wanted it to, but I can see how this idea, this premise, even these characters and maybe these actors (laughs) can figure it out and like actually have a fun show that's just about these kids and one of them happens to be gay. Well, okay. So let me pitch you on what I think possibly happened with this. I think (laughs) that Disney asked for a show that was basically a Disney Channel show but a spinoff to Love, Simon that was going to feature a gay main character. Like, I think that's what Disney asked for. And I think that probably the creators were like, sure, we can do that. And then in writing the scripts and kind of brainstorming what would happen, realized that they wanted or like that they sort of needed to hit on some more like serious adult themes than what you'd get in like the sweet life of Zach and Cody or Hannah Montana. And so we're trying to like wedge those in there, which I think is why there's some wonkiness as to the tone. And then Disney was like, well, this is now too serious to be like a Disney channel show, but then also not serious enough. So that's why they moved it to Hulu. So I wonder if in a second season with it being on Hulu, if they don't sort of just like, make everything a little bit more adult and a little bit more mature. And then that I think would straighten out a lot of the issues that. this. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sort of made me feel like, oh, well, this is why Lizzie McGuire didn't work. Because if this is like, if this is the quality of Disney Plus shows that they still think are too mature for audiences, then they have to figure out like what they're looking for. Because this just is sort of this middle ground, um, too young, too old sort of weird dance that I just, I just can't figure out. And it's frustrating because the Netflix shows have done a really good job. Like Never Have I Ever is so good at portraying uh, modern like Gen Z youth and the the conversations they have and the issues they face and also having like a really uplifting and complex uh, conversation. And this is just like way too twee. Well, yeah, and and I love, love, love sex education. Like, it's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. shows currently on air. And that, again, it's like same demographic, but they are addressing all of the... And it's also a comedy, but they're, like, addressing all of these issues in such more of, like, a thoughtful, heartfelt way. And and a lot more complicated issues, too. You know, there's episodes in that that are talking about, like, sexual assault and, like, the, the more complicated parts of sexuality because that's what the show is about so yeah watching this it just did not quite um (laughs) land there was also a couple of other weird things in here like there was very clear commercial breaks like did you notice (laughs) that like in the episodes there was commercial like there was breaks for where a commercial would go but i was like this was always i think meant to be on disney plus so i was like were they also thinking that this would be on like disney channel or something at some point and that's why they built these in because it felt like you were yeah like you were watching an episode of friends or something on a dvd (laughs) where it's like you know where the commercials would go because there's a like a distinct break there (laughs) but then it's not because you're watching it on dvd and not on live television but i was confused on that and then also (laughs) they kept using the term hooking up all the time (laughs) to mean i think mostly just like kissing each other but i was like does this not mean what i think it means because i thought hooking (laughs) up meant like something more serious right than just like kissing i grew up thinking hooking up was just kissing i don't think that's what it is anymore but i did grow up in a religious community and so I'm sure that was part of it, but they've already established that this world in Atlanta where Love, Simon takes place talks about things differently. You know, like we watched Love, Simon. We saw how they engaged with topics. And so it's weird having them like tighten the belt a little bit about the M for maturity content they were willing to explore. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. And these kids who, again, I think they were like, I don't think they were there were anyone in the cast who were like 28 years old playing like 16 year olds. I think they were like fairly young actors, but yeah, they looked young, but they like talked like adults like Mia, especially she just would have these speeches about her dad or her her mom left or her new like dad's her dad's new boy girlfriend. And she'd have all these like conversations where she was talking like a 36 year old like going through a breakup like I don't know I just it just felt so like such an out-of-body experience for me I just didn't know what was happening at any given time 
Yeah, I mean, it was like half Austin and Alley, but then half One Tree Hill. Like, and it was just like a mix. It didn't mix. You yeah. need to figure out what you're going to do. Because if you think yeah. about those Disney Channel shows, it's like they don't really deal with serious topics. You know, like the yeah. the main conflict of an episode is like, who's going to take who to the dance? Or like, mm. oh, I spilled wine on the couch. I need to clean it before my mom gets home. You know, like those are the kind of <laughs> things that they're talking about. And it's, like there's not episodes where, you know, they're discussing, oh, my mom cheated on my dad and then my dad beat up the guy and now we have to move across <laughs> the country. Like it just, yeah, yeah. it doesn't line up. Yeah. Well, and exactly. like the whole like sex episode, which happens like middle of the season episode. So they haven't been dating long. Like this is all before homecoming, right? This is yes. like a couple weeks of school. The sex episode is episode six. Yeah. And so basically it's like they just became official and he thinks it's all good because they, they peck, like they kiss a little bit. Like it's just little yeah. kisses here and there. And then she's not like, even yeah, tongue. no, no, not even she's, she's like, I, I want more physical. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And she's like, so we need to have sex tonight. And I was like, oh, damn, like this is out of left field. Not that kids might not think that or want that, but just for these characters in this scripted show, it just felt so random. I was like, what on earth is happening? Like, I don't get the vibe that all these kids have had sex or that it's like a totally chill thing. Like, I don't know. It just that was an episode that I was just like, what is happening? And they eventually allow kids to say, like, if I'm not ready, like, I'm not ready. And you have to honor that. But it was like a weird episode for me where I was like. I mean, I don't know. I If sex had been talked about earlier, then maybe I'd be like, okay, yeah, natural progression. But it was just so out of left field that it, it was just another example of something that just felt forced in a really weird way. Well, and Victor and I think Felix and Lake all seem like young-ish. Mm-hmm. But then like Benji <laughs> looks old. Like Benji is like yeah. 26. And, yeah. and, and there's this other... There's sort of like a bully slash love interest, Andrew, oh, yeah. who is played by um, one of the guys who's in Booksmart, the sort yes. of one that Beanie Feldstein has a crush on. He's and hot. he <laughs> looks way older than the rest yeah. of the cast. Like He's every like scene that they're in. Yeah. yeah, you're just like, whoa. I mean, like full beard, you know, like <laughs> I don't know how old he is, but he just does not look like a yeah. uh, 16 year old. <laughs> right. Well, that's what's crazy, too, because now I'm thinking about 13 Reasons Why, which is such a bad show. And I think truly like a horrific message to send to kids in any way. But even that cast like made more sense and that script made more sense. And like the way they talked. And yeah, I don't know. It just I guess I'm just stuck on this. But I just (laughs) I wish it was better because I I wish I could have liked it more. But I do think that they have a chance of like ironing it out and and making something that works also it's it's only 10 episodes and the episodes are only like 20 to 30 minutes long Mm -hmm. so it was a very quick watch i don't necessarily regret like if it's now later or never i don't regret watching it and i think that if you're looking for something like it might be fine like i think it's a later well it's hard with television shows because it's like well you don't you're not waiting for it to come out (laughs) but yeah it's like i would not bump it up to the top of your watch list but if you're like intrigued it, it might be good the other thing i feel like i guess maybe to sort of remember about this is that 
for us as you know like 20 somethings who have lived in new york and you know are like know a lot more about the world Mm -hmm. this feels all sort of i don't know kind of like dumb and that it doesn't really make sense but i think if i was a like 15 year old or a 12 year old watching this i maybe would find it more entertaining and also more like encouraging Mm -hmm. and maybe for that age group the sort of simon uh like psa voiceover is more important because they are not getting that information Mm -hmm. from some other source so do you think this should have stayed on disney plus do you think disney plus should have allowed this to count as a not too mature for their audience yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I mean, if Avengers is on Disney Plus, I sort of don't know why this isn't. I mean, I, there is like the sex plot lines. But so again, I guess maybe you wouldn't like want like, chased. right. But it's maybe like, you wouldn't want like an eight year old or something right. stumbling onto this from, you know, watching Brother Bear or whatever they're watching <laughs> beforehand. But I think that what they should have done is is just like in the initial concept of it either sort of like age it up or age it down like either take yeah. out some of the more complex subject matter and just sort of make it a lizzie mcguire-esque like oh i have a crush on him but it's just two guys instead of a guy and a girl or make it age it up so that the characters all feel like a little bit more complex and the issues that they're dealing with are a little bit more complex and it's not so disney channel yeah, and if you're going to be for kids, then these kids should be acting like kids and not going on, like, work trips and sneaking out of, like, absentee parents' houses and having full reign to do whatever they want whenever they want. And getting like, drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like going to full-on house parties and coming yeah. back, like, inebriated. <laughs> Maybe we're um, too old. Maybe this is just kids these days. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I know, like I have enough, you know, extended family members and things to know what high schoolers look like. And this did not look like <laughs> high school, you know, like that's yeah. the other thing is that all like in all of these shows, like all of the parties, all of the events, like everything that these kids are doing, it's like they're mini adults. They're not like actual high schools students like our high if someone was having like a battle of the bands or whatever at our high school like it wouldn't be at a local coffee shop and the only people are there are like really (laughs) hip also 16 year olds and it's just like no that's not the vibe but then on the other hand you have this like stoplight party and everyone shows up in the most like basic clothes like the most you know modest mature looking like outfits no one's outrageously drunk or lascivious or loud it it seemed like such a tame version of teenhood that i was just very confused at yeah i think that in high school it's like you have a dichotomy of the people of like some people are way trashier than this show is and are like doing all kinds of things and then there's another group of people who are like way more sheltered and nerdy (laughs) and do not look like this like these people are all very cool but also very clean which i don't know if that's like a common (laughs) thing in high school yeah exactly um but uh do you have any rapid fire questions yes um 
Okay, so if you had to relocate to a different city because of an affair slash assault, and it's a city that you've never been to, which city in the U.S. are you permanently relocating to? Interesting. Uh, I guess I've always wanted, well, now that I think about it, it sounds awful, but I guess (laughs) I would want somewhere like Nashville or... um, like something sort of hip and biggish, but not. I guess I'd also try Chicago, but that's cold. But but maybe Chicago. That'd be fun. Chicago is. I've been to Chicago and Nashville. Nashville is terrible. terrible oh, okay. So <laughs> avoid it. Okay, all costs, then I'll, I'll go to Chicago. What about you? You know, I've I've never been to Minneapolis, but that feels oh, like it'd be very my vibe. So you know, yeah, and we'll be near-ish each other. Right. That makes sense. Nothing, nothing too crazy is happening over there right now. So. That'll be oh, well, yeah. I mean, given, <laughs> yes, given the situation, like maybe not now, but I think in general, yes, yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah. Um. So like we talked about with this show, the kids uh, get away with some pretty wild stuff. What's the craziest thing you ever got away with as a kid? I mean, I was like a very goody two shoes kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't like and I, I'm I'm a rule follower in general, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily like what I was doing that my parents didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I will say that this is not me as a high school student, but I did I do love sneaking into movie theaters. So that's <laughs> something that I wasn't supposed to do. But I don't know. I like I, I was a very like nerdy, lame high schooler. Yeah, so I wasn't too. like doing anything that exciting. Do you have yeah. uh, an example? Um, the most rebellious thing I ever did was I wasn't allowed to watch R-rated movies. And I snuck. I was babysitting. And I saw a copy of Moulin Rouge on the DVD stand. And so I snuck it home and I watched it on my computer one night. I don't even think oh. that's rated R, actually. Is it? I don't know. But it felt very rebellious to me. And I didn't tell my mom for, like, years. I mean, <laughs> I definitely... I think it might be rated R. I definitely, like, uh, you know, when watching TV, like, in a hotel room or something, would sort of be channel surfing and would stumble yeah. upon some I'm sure very chaste like sex scene in a movie or something and just kind of be watching it mesmerized yeah. with nobody there uh, which which looking back is like okay nothing but at the time I just you know felt very yeah. riled up I'm sure watching like a Smallville sex scene on TV uh, oh man I just looked it up Moulin Rouge is PG-13 so oh the most my rebellious gosh thing be- wasn't even rebellious <laughs> But I wasn't allowed to watch that movie. I I'd, I'd been told explicitly, so oh my gosh. <laughs> still have my edge. <laughs> if you were going to turn another YA movie into a television spinoff, oh. which YA based on a book, yeah. what would it be? Okay, let me think about this. I think I would do. Well, actually, I think The Hunger Games could be a good TV show. I don't know what exactly it would follow. I know we talked about like this uh, potential for sequels anyways last time, but I think something like Hunger Games or, you know, just like really dig into like the sick team thing and go full like five feet apart and just really focus just for a on whole those TV kids. Sh- 
a yeah. whole like 22 <laughs> episodes in the yeah. sick ward just like how many lobster Ugh. dinners can these kids pull off uh, on a yeah. single season that's what i'd want to see okay i have a pitch for you okay what about the movie nerve the like <laughs> emma roberts one where there's an app and yes. you you know yes. like it's like a competition and you bet people to do things i feel like that could definitely have a lot of legs in a television i format. didn't know that that was a book i'm pretty sure it is i've seen it in the books although it very well could also be like five feet apart where right. it was a movie first and then they made the book after so that would be that would be good I liked that movie for how dumb it was, you know? I oh, that was it. such a good YA movie. <laughs> so good. But they weren't YA. She was like in college, wasn't she? Uh, I mean, I think it's marketed as YA. I don't think she YA. was living at home in the Yes, movie. she's definitely living at home because she's living in, on Staten Island. Um, but I think maybe her mom oh, is dead right, or something. Right. Like, Something's happening there, yeah. <laughs> okay. He might be older, though. Yeah, here's another question. Um, we're running out of content. The Emmys are coming up. They have to cast, they have to nominate someone from this show. Oh. Who deserves an Emmy nomination? Oh, gosh. I felt like the, like the actress who played Mia was the best actress. Interesting. I don't know if she's the, like, at best at playing a 18-year-old or whatever, or a 16-year-old, <laughs> but I thought that she was the okay. best, like, actress in general. Like, the way that she... The scene where she, in the last episode where she comes out of the school and sees Victor and Benji yeah. kissing and then sort of like turn, like I thought that she did a good Spoiler job alert. acting that way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> but my favorite person was the girl who played Lake. Like, I think that she would be my favorite character. If we yeah. Were. So yeah. one of them, I think. Who are you nominating? Um, I guess I, I, I don't know if I'm just like distracted by how good looking he is but i liked the like villain kid and i thought it was cute when he realized he was being too mean and no one thought he was nice and i thought that was an interesting angle because at first he's basically just your classic douchey jock who's just a bully and a mean person but then he has this sort of about face that i i kind of appreciated that little bit of a nuance and so i was gonna vote for him he also i think because he's been in other things yeah. where he's not played a child, he yeah. he was not bringing the Disney Channel energy to this, even yeah. if they wanted him to. Also, he does not look like a Disney Channel person. So, yeah, he stuck yeah. out. But, yes, his performance, I think, was also... Honestly, his relationship with Mia, I thought, what like and their scenes together were some of the best acted scenes in the show. Yeah. Okay, last question that I have... Um, did you have any weird nicknames growing up a la Lone Stone? Was anybody like calling you anything mean behind your back? Or I remember in elementary school, I would get a lot of like, she'll be coming around the mountain jokes because my name is Shelby. <laughs> mm -hmm. And those really like hurt me for some reason. But also they just would leave off my last syllable of my last name and just be like, oh, it's Shelby boy and not hurt. <laughs> You know, that really hurt. My gosh. So thin-skinned, Shelby. Yeah. My gosh. This explains so much about you. I mean, I was like Truly traumatized at a like, young age. You know, I was shy. It was hard. Okay. What about mm -hmm. you? I, I don't really have any good answers to this. <laughs> I mean, 
people called me like Hufflepuff or Huffy <laughs> or Huff Daddy or something like that at various times, but no, I nobody, I don't remember anybody having like mean nicknames for me. Yeah, I, mean, I was too well liked. Isn't that great? But sure. Yeah, you know. <laughs> If that, you want to remember it to as a positive, you know, that's it's, that's your prerogative. Oh, I mean, I think that Huff is like not that weird. Like, it's sort of a boring last name as far right. as like things to do with it. And Matthew is such a common name that yeah. if you were going to make fun of it, you'd have to make fun of like half of my class. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, where Shelby is more unique. Creativity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. The only other question I had was. Which of these teenagers do you think most closely mirrors who you were as a teenager? I mean, probably Felix, honestly, <laughs> if we're we're going to be. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't know. I guess I'm more, I guess I'm more of a, like, but I was sort of, I wasn't ever as, like, thirsty. I feel like I could see you as Mia. Because she's yeah, quieter. Yeah, it's hard to figure out, though, because she's, like, popular for some reason that's never really explained. <laughs> she, yes. like, wins Homecoming she's Queen pretty. for some reason. Yeah. And so nice. I didn't have that vibe, but, yeah, Mia's probably more... I I mean, Mia's just you such can... a non-character to me in this show that it's hard I feel like you out. could be that girl who Felix, like, asks to the dance and then <laughs> ditches for Lake, who is, like, very sort of weird. No, I was of, never like... that, like, nerdy. I was pretty... I was always basic. Like, I'm a top 40 kind of girl. I wasn't, like, out and proud, like, Harry Potter is my jam type. I was... I was run of the mill, like basic, you know. I don't know. I've, I've seen those Uggs, glasses. But... <laughs> I've seen pictures of those glasses, Shelby. Truly yeah. terrifying. That's so rude. So <laughs> offensive. I also got contacts in high school, so suck on it. I mean, as someone who also ha- had a truly horrific glasses game in high school, <laughs> I commiserate, but yes. Yeah. We just weren't that cool. I know. Okay, well, we watched that show. I'll be excited (laughs) to, I mean, I think I will probably at least dive into season two whenever it happens. Yeah, Um, give it a chance. Yeah, and I'm intrigued as to what is going to happen because it sort of ends on a cliffhanger a little bit. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, as far as things we've watched during quarantine, not the worst, not the best. Probably won't remember it really uh, in a month or so. But yeah. Um, Do we know what we're doing next week? Uh, Do we ever? I don't. I honestly don't know. (laughs) Who knows? Something. Supposedly movies are coming back in July. So we only have. have So Hamilton's coming out in a couple weeks. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. No matter, you know, what (laughs) kind of drivel we're forced to watch um thanks for listening leave us a review follow us on social media we'll see you guys next week bye